Hello, and thank you for listening to Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. I'm your moderator, Breck Lover, and it's my pleasure to introduce the host of Conquering Chaos and Mayhem, Daryl Cully. Daryl, how are you today? Good morning, Brett. Awesome. It's uh, another beautiful and hot day today, and, uh, you know, got to take every day for what it's worth. Well, I do appreciate the hot for sure. I, I, I can't tell if I like extreme hot or extreme cold here in Canada, but we'll deal with it as it comes. Now, we got a great guest lined up today, Daryl. Who better to talk to us about disaster and emergency management than a professor? Let's welcome Professor of Disaster and Emergency Management Master's Program at York University, Ali Asgary. Ali, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Brett, and thank you, Daryl, for, for hosting this. Thank you so much. Uh, well, it's our pleasure. I know Daryl has plenty to pick your brain about, so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy. How many students have you got in the, the master's program this year? This year, we are about to get 23 uh, to 25. We, we get to use a number of your students as co-op students. We have one this summer as well um, who has, uh, has joined us. Um, the, the master's program at York is, is unique. Um, can you tell us a, a little bit about um, where your students have gone and the impact that they've made? Thank you so much there for, for the question. Uh, let me start with the history of this program uh, a bit and then move on to the, the potential changes that this program has made into, into uh, disaster and emergency management profession. Uh, York University started its uh, focus on emergency disaster and emergency management uh, education back into to, in 2005. Prior to that, of course, there was some internal discussions to create this program. So the history really goes back probably up to back in 20, uh, 2003, where the negotiations at the university level started to, to uh, for creating the program. At, in 2003, Five, the program officially started with creation of what uh, at the time was called uh, a certificate in emergency management. And uh, this uh, enabled the university to bring together a number of full-time faculty members. At the time, there were three of us joined the program in 2005. Uh, during 2005 to 2007, we were working, as we were delivering this certificate program, we were working on creating the master in disaster and emergency management. And in 2007, and uh, the, the first cohort of the students came to the program. So officially started in 2007. And since then we have been regularly having uh, something between 23 to, to, to 30 students every year. Uh, most of them from Canada. There were uh, all the time a couple or three, four uh, international students, but majority from uh, Canadian. And uh, since then, uh, you know, uh, students have been graduating and go going to different uh, levels of governments, private sector, public sector, NGOs, providing disaster and emergency management profession. And since then, really, I, I, we see the change. We see the change in the profession. We see changes in the, the way that emergency management is, is working now. So we, we, we are really glad that this has made a, a very high impact in, in, in disaster and emergency management profession. And at York University, you're using some of the, the most, the, the latest and most high tech um, information, data, computer systems out there. Um, you've got a, a brand new uh, state of the art emergency operations center. 
Um, you've showed me uh, evacuation modeling software, um, things that um, you know the average organization uh, doesn't have an ability to attain. Um, but you've been able to to use this and train your students with it and do studies for various communities with it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing this also into uh, the conversation, because uh, as we started developing the, the educational part and training part, we also uh, started building capacity on disaster and emergency management research uh, in, in Canada. And um, adding to, to what I was previously mentioning about the master program, we also created our undergrad program in 2010, which was at the time a very good package of undergrad graduate programs in disaster and emergency management established. And so we shift into also uh, research. Uh, of course, we have been doing as researchers uh, a lot of research, uh, scattered research, but uh, at some point we said, we need to bring all the forces together and create uh, synergies and also sort of infrastructure for research that are needed for, for this particular unique program. So in 2014, we applied for a grant uh, through CFI and Ontario Research Fund to create both infrastructure and research program uh, for, for this field. Uh, fortunately, it was funded. The, the Ontario uh, government provided support to create what at the time we called it Advanced Disaster Emergency Rapid Response Simulation. A number of agencies, including Emergency Management Group, uh, joined and supported creation of this, this program, uh, research program. And um, th this program consisted of three major components. The first component was, of course, the training and education. Using this facility, using this research to develop tools, technologies that are uh, used in emergency management uh, and emergency managers using them for training and education. The second component was industry support so that when we can provide support to our industry partners, emergency management community, uh, and also emergency management system in, in, in the province, in, in Canada, and globally uh, through advanced research and technology. And finally, we are working uh, to use this facility. I'm talking, I will talk a little bit more about what this facility is about, but using this facility as an actual emergency operation center so that when there is an emergency in, in, in the region, in Canada or elsewhere, we can activate this emergency operations uh, to provide technical research support to emergencies. And finally, uh, with regard to your question about uh, use of technology, this is uh, this facility is built like an actual emergency operation center. But because we are adding using it as research component, we always work in different types of technologies from uh, artificial intelligence, drone visualization, simulations, etc., to enhance our training and also build tools that can be used for. Uh, emergency management in Canada and elsewhere. This, you know, that end of it is extremely exciting because you are the core of that research and development in Canada. Um, what, what are some of the new technologies coming out that will benefit emergency managers? Uh, I think one can classify these technologies into a number of 
particular areas. Uh, definitely one that is uh, of uh, very much interest nowadays is artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence has been used in emergency management research and practice uh, in the past. Uh, I mean, at least I've been using it for uh, since 2008, 2009, but it hasn't been used you know, like what we are now using from all different angles, basically because we have uh, emergency managers work with a lot of textual data, uh, tabular data, visual data. They are artificial intelligence can now use all this data to generate new information fast, uh, accurate, and uh, relevant to to the, and uh, when I say fast is really uh, as data comes, AI can uh, can um, process those and provide some uh, interesting feedbacks. Whether this data is coming, for example, from social media or coming from text messages sent back and forth between emergency responders or visual data coming from satellite, visual data coming from drone, visual data coming from pictures, etc. Et so th this is one very major part that I think is now uh, going to, uh, not to say revolutionize, but going to transform emergency management to the next level. Although there are, uh, we, we are mindful of potential additional risks that this generate and we have to be uh, mindful about that so this is one technology that uh, that has its own you know components and details another one i think is is that the impacts of drone technology uh, that enables us in, in many different ways, not only from data collection, but also providing emergency response and support uh, that is uh, becoming more and more uh, useful, practical, uh, and uh, I think more relevant to uh, high uh, high risk uh, environmental situations that we as emergency managers are, are dealing with. And also uh, what I can summarize this with, with the simulation uh, technology that is uh, simulation and, and mapping technology that enables us to, to really uh, model everything uh, in time uh, and also make some predictions of what will happen as a result of what is happening now, uh, considering all different elements in an hour, in in, in a day, uh, or in a week, which is very important for most of us dealing with emergencies, uh, whether it is a wildfire or it is a chemical release or whether it is, you know, volcano eruptions, etc. Um. And for us in the business, I, this this is uh, this is pretty exciting. Um, you know, you mentioned that you've been using AI since two thousand and eight, and yet for most of us, it is something that is is really new. Um, it is on the the cutting edge. Um, so so obviously, your studies and your your team. Um, the university are, are well in advance of um, of what the rest of us see or even get to use. When it comes to risks, you mentioned that there is some risk. What might those be? Um, yes, uh, this is this is an important discussions coming up. Uh, I think there are uh, a number of uh, risks uh, related to uh, AI or use of AI in general. 
Uh, I'm not necessarily talking about use of AI in emergency management, but one can actually create a, a line of this discussion on that. But generally speaking, AI has its own, like many other technologies, has its own uh, shortfalls and uh, issues. Uh, some of those can be uh, mitigated, uh, like any technology. Uh, we can, uh, you know, some people say uh, there could be a failure in 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 algorithm that support uh, AI. There could be a, an, a human error in in the, in modeling process. There could be data error and could be also intentional uh, sabotage in in the data collection or data processing. So all these kind of things, like any other technology, exist here. And we, uh, as emergency managers or um, risk managers, we we have to whenever we apply. We we use these kind of technologies. We have to be mindful of those potentials. This is one part. The other part that is more, I think, to, to the next level is a combination of this technology with other technologies that can create additional risks that are, in my view, uh, bring us to the discussion of uh, emergencies or risk that is at emergency management, like at the community organizational level and even broader uh, national, international level, where this combination can generate risks that are unexpected, unthought about, and um, sort of complicated, I would say complex situation where uh, because of the cascading uh, relationship between uh, um, or systemic relationship between all these technologies, one fa failure in one, which could be, for example, failure in AI could cascade uh, or create cascading impacts on other technologies, whether it is air transportation, whether it is uh, rail transportation, etc. It might not be intentional, but it could be intentional too. So this this integration, if not taught very well, it could generate some additional high-level risk. This being aside, I go into another level of risk that could be risk when I, what I call it mostly, some people call it existential risk. I call it risk that we are unable to manage, uh, risks that are uh, beyond our control. And that is where this technology is able to take over our decisions and create a risk that we may not necessarily as emergency management profession, community, or system may not be able really to deal with it. And uh, and that is, I think, the highest level, most dangerous part of it that nowadays are brought into the discussions. And hopefully we will reach out to a sort of uh, solution where we can um, you know, mitigate or avoid that. Um, and so just like you said, with any technology, there's risks. And, and so it's having the university and, and people like yourselves study these can put um, mitigation or prevention in place before we get to some of these risks. If Once you analyze them and, and see what those risks are. So um, having a, a research focus at the university in this area is a... Um, a huge benefit, not just to responding to emergencies, but helping us avoid potential risks as well. So, um, you know, well done to for the, the studies that you're doing. And give us one benefit um, of your new EOC. And you had mentioned that it you could actually use it or it can be used for 
a crisis anywhere in the world, whether that's local or, or elsewhere, how would an organization, say, uh, you know, another province or, you know, a state um, that wanted to access this technology, how, um, how would that happen and what sort of resources can you provide? Uh, very good question. Uh, I should mention that we are about to uh, hopefully launch the, the the center, and we will invite you, including other uh, uh, supporter, uh, industry supporter of this facility, to to join us when we celebrate the opening, official opening of this. Uh, we are in now in the setup process. Uh, hopefully, uh, early September. But regarding your question, I I want to mention this that. We have some uh, plans uh, in place to uh, start this process uh, from our side. The way we look at it is that we are creating some what we call them task force. Uh, these are researchers, students and uh, professionals, uh, volunteer professionals who are interested in these kind of operations. And we group them into task forces where uh, depending on the type of emergency, level of emergency, as soon as something happens, of course, we will have uh, a lot of training discussions, internal discussions with these task force groups. But uh, assuming that these task forces are ready, as soon as something happens, depending on the type, we make a call to our task force leaders and groups to say, uh, this is the event we want to activate our emergency operations center for uh, providing support to this uh, particular incident. If anyone is uh, available, interested to join the task force on site in our emergency operations center, they come. And then we start the, the rolling uh, uh, and providing the support. In terms of collaboration, we have already uh, started building the, this collaboration so that they potential stakeholders, users are aware of this availability, this, this uh, facility and uh, support, and they can count on us on certain things. Of course, we are not official, uh, let's say representative. We are not, we, we just want to provide support as needed, as requested, and as we can. And without any, you know, uh, obligation in terms of, you know, uh, it, it, we can make it to that level, but it is really in form of any any technical support that is needed, and it's up to uh, potential users to say yes, we will use it. We we like this. Please go ahead or add to this. And can you do this? Can you do that? We want to provide this kind of uh, technical support. And as we, uh, this is uh, something new, so we we. We think as we start uh, being engaged, involved in, in this process, hopefully uh, more and more people, organizations, countries realize about the, the, the impacts, the needs and support that we can provide and, and get from get to you know, the point where uh, even more formalized relationships are, are established. Thank you, Dr. Askeri, for, for joining us today and uh, talking to us about um, the incredible research and, and modern um, advances that uh, you and your university are, are making in, in emergency management. 
Thank you very much, uh, Daryl. I mean, uh, this is a joint effort. It, it is a collaboration between our researchers, our students, our colleagues, and also industry professionals, uh, private sector agencies like yourself, uh, like many uh, many other agencies that we work with. It is uh, it is the nature of emergency management. We cannot work alone. Uh, we we have to work together. And I'm glad that this is one of the good examples where we uh, where we bring in uh, all levels of governments, uh, all types of uh, emergency management uh, sector, at, uh, private sector, public sector, and uh, NGOs. We have regular conversations, meetings, discussions, and uh, you know engagement with with uh, with, uh, with the group. Now, I I want to finish with this that uh, I'm sure you will also. Uh, appreciate in terms of uh, now, uh, like last year, York University created what we call it Pan-University uh, Disaster and Emergency Management Research uh, Center. It's called Y-Emerge. Uh, that stands for York uh, Emergency Management, uh, Engagement, uh, Response, and Governance uh, to cover emergency management uh, research from multidisciplinary perspective and by uh, now it is it is the largest uh, research institute in disaster and emergency management in in Canada in terms of number of researchers from different disciplines involved and, and we are really happy that Adersim is part of this initiative and hopefully working with with all the community uh, stakeholders, we, we get uh, Canada to the next level of emergency management research and training. Well, that sounds like something to be proud of for sure, Ali. Uh, listen, I just wanted to echo Daryl's thanks. We do appreciate you coming on today and sharing with us. And I'd like to thank our audience for joining us on Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. On behalf of our host, Daryl Culley, I'm Breck Lover. Thanks for listening.